This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. Fight Back with Libby Snymer on Zoomer Radio. Welcome back. How many lab tests and prescriptions and diagnostics does your doctor order for you? Do you really need them all or are they just routine? Well, there's a group, a medical group called Choosing Wisely Canada, and they've been campaigning to make sure that tests and prescriptions are truly necessary and not just done by rote. Because, believe it or not, there are harms associated with too much testing, not to mention waste associated with it. Uh, we're waiting to hear from you. The numbers 416-360-0740, And our house doctor, Zachary Levine, is on the line to talk about it and to take your questions. Hi, Zach. Hi, how are you? Fine, how are you? Very well, thank you. So, unnecessary tests. Yeah, very, very big. It's, you know, I, I didn't realize until I started looking into it. I, I've, I was speaking to a few people about it, and then I looked into it, and, I, uh, and choosing wisely is something that's been in Canada for a couple of years. It's been in the States for longer, and in the States it's even more of a problem right. in terms of over-testing, over-diagnosis, over-treatment. Right, because there's, a, there's a more of a money motive there. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> And, you know, and, and then there's also, uh, you know, with the, um, the fear of malpractice being, uh, malpractice uh, lawsuits being higher in the states also, I think they feel more pressure to, you know, not miss anything. And so they will do the scan that, that has a very, very low yield, for example, even if it's unnecessary, just, just to make sure that they couldn't be missing anything by any means. And, you know, I, I should say that I don't think people, doctors and patients, I don't think people do it out of any ill will, I think people, it's either people believe it's the best thing to do because they just haven't looked into it, um, or they're, or they're just, uh, you know, they, they want the extra information, and that's fine. I think the most important thing to keep in mind is that uh, all these things, uh, screening and treatments and whatnot, they're all, they all should be made individually between the doctor and the, and the patient. So if there's a recommendation, for example, uh, they, they change the recommendations every few years. They change recommendations for screening. You know, screening is the one that I think that gets the most the people are most aware of. So things like cancer screening, even though a lot of things are questionable, you know, a lot of the blood tests that we do, the annual checkup that most people go for, there's is very questionable. The physical, whether... where they they put you through a battery of tests. Uh, interesting. You know, uh, Andre Picard uh, wrote yes. a column on this in the Globe and Mail today, yep. and he cited North York General Hospital here in Toronto and. They have cut back hugely uh, on things like should you end up in in the emergency ward, how many tests do you really need, uh, how many x-rays. They talked about mobile x-rays in ICUs and and things like that. So that's that's the question. How many prescriptions do they get just because, you know, that's standard? You might not need it. I mean, I've gotten prescriptions that I have no intention of taking. (laughs) Yes, and I think so has everyone, and the, and and they they shouldn't be given. I mean, people should be having discussions. And the truth is, honestly, it is quicker and less good care 
to give someone a prescription that they don't need than to explain to someone who expects a prescription why they don't need a prescription. So I think some of this is from a time pressure issue and also from a satisfaction. Uh, people, you know, the doctors sometimes want to satisfy uh, the patient, what the patient thinks they need, a medication. For example, one of the common examples is using an antibiotic for a viral infection, even though it's not going to do anything except give the person the side effects of the antibiotic. And But if people really want it and they believe in it, then the doctor may feel some pressure. Not that that's ever a reason a doctor should give a prescription, but we live in the real world, and I think you know doctors are human, and sometimes they will do some things to make people happy, but making people happy and giving what they think they want is not always the best medicine. The best medicine is, is pretty much always sitting down with the patient and discussing what the best treatment option is specifically for them. So even if there is a guideline, you know, this test should be done to test for something or other. You know, that's, that doesn't necessarily mean that's right for you individually. And you have to talk to your doctor about your health history. And also, if you do go for any test, the important thing to ask is, you know, what happens with the result of that test. The worst thing is when someone gets a test result and the doctor said, well, your test result is this and you have to go for another test that's invasive. And the patient is like, well, I, I don't remember doing this test and why do I have to go for this other test? Oh, and there, oh, the, like cr- I can, I, I, I'm probably going to bend your ear with some craziness <laughs> tests that, yeah. that are just because of crossed wires. I'm going to give people the numbers again, 416-360-0740 or toll-free 1-866-744-740. I'm on the line with Dr. Zach. We're talking about unnecessary tests, unnecessary prescriptions, and the harm they can cause. But he would take a call, you know, if you want to ask him something else, I'm sure. Um, it's it's really quite something. I mean, I, I uh, remember going for, I occasionally get these shots in my knees. Yeah. <laughs> they themselves are, are of dubious value. Yeah. But um, the doctor, uh, my GP, they forgot to send over um, the x-ray, right? Right. And so they insisted on giving me, this was at a, another hospital, um, uh, uh, more x-rays. Now, uh, anybody who knows, you know, when you have issues with your cartilage, it doesn't grow back. And I said, but but I had the shot here two years ago, and my cartilage hasn't grown back. And they said, you know, lady, you you have to do these x-rays or we're not giving you your shot. Oh, good Lord. So that's kind of just uh, one example. I have other examples that um, are... Uh, you know, I think even worse. But what are some of the harms of overdiagnosis? Well, so a good example, or two good examples that come to my mind, because they they show that the test screening tests are both good and bad. Yeah. So uh, I know personally, I know people. Actually, I know one person um, who's closely related who has been uh, saved really by screening tests. So he had a prostate cancer that was uh, found very early with a PSA test, the blood test, and mm-hmm. he had a colorectal cancer found very early with a colonoscopy. However, I know the father of a friend who had a screening colonoscopy, which, by the way, is not actually uh, what the different societies recommend. The screening is supposed to be a uh, fecal occult blood. but Right, and they just changed that recommendation. Right, these things are always in flux. But uh, anyway, a friend of a father had a... Compl- I know a couple of people who have complications from screening colonoscopies, and one actually ended up dying as a result. Very sad and Yeah, if they puncture your bowel, that's very serious. Exactly, and that's exactly what happened to him. 
end up dying of a complication of the puncturing of the bowel. But if you're doing a test that isn't really necessary to begin with, how tragic is that? If you if you die as a result of that test that wasn't really necessary to begin with, that's so. You know, you, we you know people have to know the pros and the cons. And like I said, I've seen the pros and the cons. You just have to be you have people have to be made aware. And the problem is if you're not made aware and you say, sure, I'll go do that test, and you have some kind of complication you weren't aware of, well, that's not fair. Well, I mean, generally speaking, they tell you the complications and you have to sign off on it, but most people don't really pay attention to that is the thing, right? Yeah, I think that's true. And I think in general, people, you know, people are scared of certain things and most uh, most people tend to lean towards doing more tests, even if, even if it means there's a small risk of complication. But the issue is always, you know, what is that risk of complication and how devastating a complication are we talking about? If it's just, uh, I don't know, if, if it's just sort of getting a cold because some, uh, as opposed to something that's life-threatening, those are very different types of complications. Okay, Zach, hold on. We have to take a break. Uh, we will be back with your calls. The lines are open, 416-360-0740 or toll-free 1-866-744-740. And we will be back with Dr. Zach after this. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. Fight Back with Libby Snymer on Zoomer Radio. Welcome back. I am on the line with Dr. Zach. The number is 416-360-0740 or toll-free 1-866-744-740. And we have Russ in Hamilton. Hello, Russ. Hello. How are yeah, you? I'm, I'm well, thank you. I'm well. And yourself? I'm well, thank you. And uh, congratulations on defeating your cancer also. Thank you very much. Okay. Uh, why I'm calling on the, the, the topic today, okay, and oversubscribing and, okay, and I mentioned to the uh, fellow that answered the phone, ever underlying, let's say, they live in a realm of uh, where tort law is held over their head. Hmm. Where someone jumps on the opportunity, oh, we can get a million dollars if we sue this guy. Uh, Zach, do you think is that a big problem here with over prescribing, over over testing? Yeah, well, I think you know, Russ, I, I definitely think you're onto something. It's definitely, like I mentioned earlier, definitely worse in the states. But we are, you know, doctors here. There's no question we're very aware of it. And you know, there was a great article about on this topic years ago, well, a year ago, by uh, Doctor Atul Gawande out of Harvard, and he uh, he called it overkill, basically overdiagnosis and whatnot. And one of the things he said is two of the things he said were. Number one, doctors remember what they didn't do and missed much, much more than things that they did, that the treatments that were unnecessary or whatnot. It's, and it's much more likely that you're going to get in trouble for not doing something. So that's one thing. And again, this is out of the States, but what he said was doctors, don't get, doctors get paid for doing more. That's something that Libby brought up also. So that's, that's definitely there. You know, these uh, treatments are... And there's a lot of people who benefit from more testing and more treatments. And so there are pressures. There are definite pressures to do more testing. But if it's not in the best interest of the patient, it should not be done. Well, and it, th there's also the question of reading the test right. When uh, I was uh, diagnosed with, with breast cancer after I found a lump because I'd had two mammograms just weeks before. 
a month before and they missed it on wow. two mammograms. So, wow. and, and, you know, I, I thought of, you know, I wasn't interested in money, but of some kind of disciplinary thing. And, and, um, you know what, it was, it was the threshold. It, it was so ridiculous, like even just for some kind of discipline that I thought it's, it's not worth the aggravation. Mm. Yeah. And it very, it really, I think it varies a lot depending on, you know, the hospital and the culture and the, uh, the colleges, certainly take complaints very seriously, um, and, and doctors do too. But, yeah, in some cases I know that patients feel like their, their concerns are not necessarily heard. And what the hospitals are supposed to have good ombuds, ombuds people to, you know. To, this to was, um, it was a clinic? Oh, uh, yeah. You know, a little, a little community clinic. So, mm. you know, when I ended up in the hospital, I had all my films. Yeah. And uh, they looked at them and they sort of pointed and said, well, there it is. Oh, boy. Uh, but, um, you know, it was, again, and it, it is a lot of aggravation and you kind of have to prove intent or whatever. So, uh, yeah, but so there's the question of testing and then there's the question of, of uh, the correct interpretation of the tests. Yeah, and that's uh, and that's a big deal. And missing things, uh, you know, if you're ordering, you know, sometimes what happens is someone will order a test and they don't check the results or whatnot. You know, it's very important that whoever that if a test is ordered, that it's followed up on, and that an imaging test like a mammogram or whatnot is looked at by a radiologist who's a specialist at looking at those, so nothing's missed. Well, that's right. That's another huge problem: is that people don't get the results of their tests, or sometimes it's it's the doctor's office it gets kind of bogged down. So you have this test and, and the results get lost. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And, uh, you know, the, obviously there are different levels. You know, there are certain tests uh, that, that uh, don't need to be resulted right away, but certain ones, absolutely, you know, and screening tests are the kind of test that, you know, if if they're done and you agree that it's important, then it has to be looked at and there has to be some kind of quality control system so someone checks them and some and the right person checks them as well. Okay, let's go to uh, Sharon in Stony Creek. Hi, Sharon. Hi. Um, about six weeks ago, I had a needle biopsy for possible breast cancer. Mm. And the person that did the biopsy was not trained. Oh. And he punctured a major blood vessel. Oh, no. Oh, boy. So my breast was three times its normal size. It was black. Oh, no. Um, it's just starting to heal now, and I am scheduled for a lumpectomy on Thursday of this week. Okay. Now, I'm wondering, because of the mess they made with the biopsy, yeah. they say I have cancer. But how do they know that for sure? With all the blood that ended up inside my breast, mm-hmm. how could they get a, a definite, proper reading on testing that the cells that they took out and say, yes, it's cancer? Or are they saying it just to be more or less on the safe side and say, well, yeah, we better take out that lump anyway, and maybe it's not cancer, but we'll say it is? Well, Sharon, it's a great question, and and a, obviously a very poignant one. I mean, they should not, they certainly shouldn't be saying it's cancer or are planning to do this surgery unless they have a definitive diagnosis. And I should say that y- even if um, even if there was bleeding afterwards, it's still it's certainly conceivable that they got a good sample, mm-hmm. and they got a good sample of cells that they could check under the microscope to see that it was indeed cancer. And then, but there was this uh, this uh, obviously very unfortunate 
uh, thing that happened where a blood vessel burst and you had a lot of bleeding afterwards. So it's not, it doesn't necessarily rule out that they got a good sample, but, but they, could, they could and they should tell you absolutely how, you know, if, if this is a, a definite diagnosis based on a good tissue sample. And if so, uh, then, you know, this is th- then why they think the surgery is necessary. Mm-hmm. Okay, so should I question this then? Absolutely. I mean, I, I would definitely question it. You have every right to, and it's scary, and, you know, you're talking about a cancer here, and, and, and you've already had something go wrong. Uh, right. So, uh, you know, I, I think, uh, I, I don't know, I think as a patient advocate type of person, uh, I would say definitely, you know, you have every right to know, and this is something that's very important. So, you know, ask them, get all the information that you can, and, you know, the more you know, the better it is for you. And also, you know, I, I truly believe it's better also for the doctor, the more you know, because then, they're, then you're in it with them in terms of you're an active participant in your treatment. Right, right, because it is scary, and I just... It's very scary. I lost yeah. my husband a year ago to um, pancreatic cancer. Oh, oh, sorry to hear that. And now I'm facing cancer, maybe. Yeah. I don't know. And to say that I'm an emotional wreck is is putting it mildly because well, I'm just a complete mess. Yeah. Well, it's 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 very difficult and what I would say to you um as a breast cancer survivor, uh there there is a lot of support out there. There are support groups, there are organizations uh like Canadian Breast Cancer Foundation. Uh Wellspring is now part of that uh and you you should uh try to access that and and get the help you need uh because it's it's out there and in you know uh my heart goes out to you and and I wish you all the best but there's a lot of help and and uh, a lot of other people are in the same boat uh-huh. so i i think that uh probably a good idea would be to reach out to some of these support groups okay and best of luck with your surgery thank you very much thanks for your call thank you Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Okay. I'm looking at the time, and uh, we only have uh, a little over a minute left, so I want to switch gears a little bit because, Zach, you have a TV show that is (laughs) about to start. I know. It's unbelievable. It's called Ask Dr. Zach, and it is going to run at on Fridays at 3 and 3.30 p.m. on Vision TV. So uh, you have Zach on the radio answering your questions, and you have Dr. Zach on television. Uh, very quickly, Zach, tell us a little bit about what we're going to see in that program. You know, it's very similar to this, except, I mean, you're much more... Uh uh, practiced at this and much better at this than me. So it's the oh. first time I've ever done any kind of television work. Uh, so, you know, hopefully it comes out, uh, hopefully people will like it. But basically it's the same thing. You know, we cover uh, a few specific topics. So I talk to a couple of people each time, and they, uh, they have specific concerns that we talk about, and they ask me questions. And then at the end I take a few uh, just random questions from the audience and do my best to give people some useful information. So... I hope uh, I hope people like it. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so uh, once again, that is Ask Dr. Zach, Fridays 3 and 3.30 on Vision TV, and uh, the channel number depends on what cable or satellite service you have. Dr. Zach, thank you so much, as always, for taking those calls and for your help. Thank you. Nice to talk to you. Okay, nice to talk to you, too. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. 
Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.